Welcome to MVP. We are Sports Illustrated Charlotte Wilder and Jessica Smetana. And this is the Most Valuable Podcast. Brought to you by the Most Valuable Podcasters. Hey, Jess. Hey, Char. How you doing? I'm great. What a great weekend of football we had. Oh, my God. That was, that was, we had some, not only did we have a great weekend of football, we had great football in a, in a weekend. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> I don't know. There isn't one. Um, what are we, we going to talk about today? Dude, we have a packed show. Yeah. We have an absolutely packed show. We have a bunch of the, we're going to talk about the AFC, NFC championships. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl matchup. We're going to talk about some basketball stuff. We're going to talk about some drama in Philadelphia. And we have a lot of really good segments and for you guys. we have a special guest coming up. The most special guest, Bill Barnwell. Of ESPN. Joins us. Uh, he's a football expert. And you'd think that given the weekend of football we just had, we'd talk about football with him. But we're not. Stay tuned and find out what we are talking about. It's really, really fun. Uh, so let's just get into it. Yeah. Um, starting with the NFC Championship football game yeah what we have what a game saints rams so let's let's start from the top because okay. we actually we have some mailbag questions that we want to answer in this episode and so yes, we're, we're gonna to everyone yes, who sends those in, we're gonna sprinkle those in to our new segment like we did last week so their first question was from Derek hutton and he asked was jimmy Bu- was jimmy buffett trolling us with that national anthem performance oh my goodness now jess i have something really awful to admit i missed it should we play it real quick can we can we can we pull that up yep Performing today's national anthem, please welcome multi-platinum artist and lifelong Saints fan, Jimmy Buffett. Also didn't know Jimmy Buffett was a Saints fan. I didn't either. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail (laughs) at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and <laughs> bright like stars me doing karaoke the, the perilous fight Or the ramparts he like we a watched Were so gallantly streaming <laughs> And the rocket's red glare oh, The better. bombs bursting in air Gave proof through the night oh that our flag was still there oh say does that star spangle banner yet oh he literally sounds like your dad singing happy birthday for the land of the free and the home of the brave that is the most it was per- average. it was pretty average yeah that's like it's so awful because it's so average. So right after he dropped the mic, he, he dropped the mic, dropped the mic, like mic drop. <laughs> like he had the mic and then just like dropped Did it. Did it make a sound? From like he rose, he raised his hand. He wasn't like he was holding it up to his mouth. Like he picked his hand up like over his head and then dropped it. He mic dropped that average he Super Bowl. He mic dropped after the national, I mean, national anthem. That is just unbelievable. What was he wearing? Do you remember? Just a completely average outfit he wasn't in like well, a hawaiian, no, it wasn't shirt, like or a hawaiian shirt no he sang that exactly as he sings margaritaville um, that was the margaritaville of national anthems <laughs> margaritaville i think he gives a little bit more to margaritaville than he gave to our country which is a little i if you're gonna protest national anthems there, i just here's one you can protest this i think this national anthem would have flown if it, this game was in like jacksonville for like a, a 
you know, yeah. to a Colts or Tampa a Bay. Colts Jaguars game in like October. But for the NFC Championship in New Orleans, I was like, buddy. Yeah, that you gotta is give a, us a little bit more. You that, gotta have like a a jazz band playing in the background at least. Seriously, it's New Orleans. It's that you could have done so many incredible things with this, and instead we got Jimmy Buffett like. It, it's like he's reading off his phone, too, is what it sounds like. So, oh my God. to answer the question, I don't think he's trolling us, but I think he was like, hey, anyone can sing the national anthem. So, uh, here's me yeah. singing it with zero preparation or style. I would say this is less trolling and more phoning it in. Yeah, exactly. That's what exactly. I think that's the distinction. Um, this game, in and of itself, though, was like, if we had to trade a bad national anthem for a good game, yeah. like, guess we did it. Yeah. That's fine. Well, the first half looked like it was going to be. The Saints were going to run away with it. Like, it looked Jared like Goff couldn't up. hear the, his offensive line couldn't hear him. He looked like he was totally lost in the moment. I have a conspiracy theory. What? Which is that Jared Goff. This is obviously not true. He definitely had headset issues in his helmet, and it was so loud in there you couldn't hear. But I was like, it would be convenient if you just pretend you can't hear anything, so that if you lose, you're like, oh well, I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> That is how the internet has warped my brain, is I'm like, nothing is real. I do think that if you ever made that claim, like, 99% of football Twitter would be like, but back in my day, we didn't have headset microphones, so... (laughs) That's true. It wouldn't even work. Um, The highlight of this game for me was when Mm -hmm. Michael Thomas got his pants pulled down, and then Fox cut away really quickly to an exterior shot of the Superdome, because I think they thought that, like, his... In, His, in, indecent exposure was about to occur on our screens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I did like not that. Not enough people were talking about that. Everyone was talking about the super blood wolf moon Sunday night, but I saw a- the super moon really <laughs> happened Sunday during the day. Michael Thomas was a real super moon of this weekend. I didn't, I saw a lot of people talking about it, but maybe that's just because of the people. I think I you just saw me tweet about it like six times. And Harry Lyles. Yeah. Who, I, le- I led the charge on the Michael Thomas's ass was just on TV charge. Okay. Which I'm not. I'll I think t- I'll take a- that mantle. Yeah, no, for sure. I'll give you an award for that. Uh, there were a lot of calls in this play, um, namely one in where game. in this game. Jeez, my brain. Sorry. <laughs> a lot of plays in this game also. So basically the Saints got uh, screwed over by the refs when the refs did not call a blatant pass interference that also might have been helmet to helmet. Yeah that they were rolling, they were on this incredible drive, and then they didn't get this call, and Saints fan, and then the Rams ended up winning the game. Yeah. And Saints fans have been up in arms, and I completely get that. I would be, if I'd been Coach Sean Payton, I think I would have been in such a rage blackout that I'm not sure I could have coached the rest of the game, so I was impressed. <laughs> well, I don't think he really he did. did. He I did. think that, like, <laughs> in overtime, he, well, also, like, in that drive, I don't, I don't really get some of the play calling. Like, if they had just run the ball a couple more times, the Rams wouldn't have even had time to to score and to take it to overtime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I on the one hand, I I empathize with Saints fans because this call was there's no call was really bad. But yeah. and you know the Steelers got like fucked out of two wins this season because of the Chargers games. The refs missed two blatant calls and the Saints game. The refs called pass interference on Joe Hayden when he did not touch the mm-hmm. Saints player. So, so and, you understand and that, what and it's like. Either to be one mad. of those games the Steelers win right. the division. Right. So like I get it. Like I, I get it. I get being mad at the refs. But I you can also say the Saints had the opportunity to win this game like ten times and could have just scored one more touchdown instead of kick a field goal. And I mean, credit to the Rams defense for keeping the Rams right. in the game. Like the Saints, the Saints had the opportunity to put it away and couldn't. 
And that's when one call like this does change the outcome of a game. And that's why it's important to like, you know, actually score touchdowns and not yeah. field goals and whatever. My feeling is that I think that any time you claim a game came down to one call or one moment, there are a lot of moments that led up to that. And there are a lot of things you can do that wouldn't – I have trouble with the whole like the one call ruined a game or we were robbed on this one thing because – it's like when one person misses a penalty kick at the end of a soccer game. I'm like, well, if you'd scored before then, we wouldn't be in this situation. You know, like, I do think that there is a level of accountability that comes before this. At the same time, this was absolute garbage. Yeah. Uh, it's just like one in a million bad calls that the refs have made this season. So I just, I mean, I'm, I'm almost happy that it happened because now I think there may be... The NFL will Actual changes. hold people accountable for making awful calls or, and no calls because, like, this has happened all season. But um, at the same time, I'm like, that eh, sucks to be a Saints fan. Your fan base talks a lot of shit, so now I'm going to talk shit on you. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm going to talk. Charlotte. <laughs> uh, can we talk about what's going on with Todd Gurley and why he was on the Rams' sideline the whole time? Is it So this was weird. He's an incredible player, and he, like, didn't play. Well, yeah, so he said after the game that he was, like, not playing his best game. Like, he had a couple bad carries in the first quarter, and then he just, like, got sat the rest of the game, which, is, just which is crazy. Him. Which I, I kind of like for the Rams' sake because now if he's healthy and ready to go for the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. the Patriots pretty don't, smart. The they Patriots rested Todd Gurley for the Super Bowl. They don't have a lot of tape on him. <laughs> That's um, true. So, I don't know. I It was weird, though, that he wasn't in the game at all in the fourth quarter or in overtime when he's their most explosive runner. And I guess C.J. Anderson really is the most explosive guy in their team now, which is saying something. But No, it, it's wild. I, I for them, they have two good backs now. I liked the um, close-ups that... Of the, the that Fox did of him just standing on the sideline like with his hands on his hips like staring onto the field I I also think that I might have been if I'd been him more mad about this than he appeared to be I mean he kept like after the game he posted this picture on his Instagram just photoshopped where it was him exchanging his jersey with the ref for his jersey and like that was pretty funny oh yeah that was that was a to like make fun of the Pass interference. Exactly. Call. Yeah. Exactly. But he wasn't like, you know, going off on the. He was like, yeah, here, we won. Also, thanks, refs. <laughs> yeah. I think, I don't know. It seems like he understood why he wasn't playing. I think yeah. if he really wanted to play, like, he probably would have played, but maybe he knew he wasn't having his best game. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out. Maybe. He would had... you rather sit sit out the game and your team win or be in it and, and they lose and it's your it. fault? Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, back to the Todd Gurley's Instagram. A, a lot of older people on in sports media thought that his Instagram of him and a ref exchanging his jersey was not photoshopped. They thought it was real. And I would just like to say, um, that's really fucking funny. <laughs> like Mike Francesa said on his radio show, can we, can we play the clip from his radio show? I gave you the referee's name who ran the group and who said to the pool reporter that it was a judgment call and he wasn't even sure what call they were talking about if you were the referee of that game and you didn't realize you had a problem on your hands and that is your honest statement you should be fired you should never have another jersey whether you exchange them with players before the game which should be an outrageous thing to begin with no way should an official be changing exchanging jerseys with a player before a game that sets such a bad that's such a bad thing to do number one Number two, they have to stay distant from the players. 
It's just so sad because any person born in the last 35 years could recognize that that's a Photoshop. Right. <laughs> and even if you don't, Google it. Like, just check it out before. Right. I, had, I hadn't heard that. That is incredible. I love that his producers just let him Yeah, he issued, like, that a, to himself. I guess an apology or, like, a retraction later and was like, yeah, my bad. But, um... I don't know. That's it's, so it's, Mike Lombardi also tweeted like a screenshot of it and goes, "Is this real?" Oh yeah, and, and like, someone, of course, it's not real. Someone tagged me in it and was like, "At the Wilder things quote, is this a meme?" <laughs> That's my MVP MVP yeah. of the week. I, it's very funny. I, were, I love people getting pranked on inter- the internet by like pr- pretty pretty bad photoshops by guys in their twenties. Uh, there was also this broadcast, I mean, this game had a lot of sort of peripheral stuff going on. There was a guy whistling who apparently is known as the Whistle Monster in, um, St. Louis. Whistle um, Monster? Yeah, there's no, it's Whistle M-O-N-S-T-A. Love that. That's what he calls himself. And his face was painted gold and black. And he he was a giant whistle on his head. And he was just whistling the whole game, which was super annoying. Yeah. But I kind of respected. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You gotta wonder though if like if if the Saints were to play the Patriots in the Super Bowl, which they're not, would Bill Belichick let that fly or would he be like would no, he, no, no. Would he put a hit out he, on Whistle Monster? Yeah, I was going to say, he that Whistle Monster would be dead before the first snap. It's a little unfair <laughs> when every time your team's on the field, it sounds like the refs are blowing the whistle. I'm actually surprised that that didn't get shut down. I don't know. What are you going to do? Be like, hey, d- take your mouth out of the stadium. <laughs> like, what? Point, it's yeah. not like he had no. an actual whistle. That's true. Um. All right. We got to talk about the AFC Championship game. Unfortunately, we do. Uh, I want to get this out of the way. I'm just going to say something. Chiefs Pats every year. So I'm a grew up huge Pats fan. Every year, as I work in sports media, I'm like, oh no, maybe maybe I don't care quite as much. Like maybe. And then I watch the Pats play, and everything goes out the window. And I am an obsessed fan, and it's in my blood. I can't help it. A lot of people hate that. Lost a lot of followers tweeting about the Pats game this weekend. And all I want to say is like, look, I get it. We as Pats fans are insufferable. We, no one likes it when you win for this long. Sorry. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do in terms of like, I'm not going to stop liking my team because they're good. And I don't think anyone wants that. And I can understand that it's obnoxious, but I also just want to say I can't really do anything about it. Yeah, and just like you can't help being a Pats fan, I can't help but absolutely despising the Patriots. And that's fine. Right. It's fine. We accept that we have different backgrounds yes. and opinions yes. about the Patriots. Yes. And, and we can cohabitate. Well, we don't live together, but on this podcast, <laughs> I think a lot on of this people podcast, think we do. We do. <laughs> Someone asked me the other, the other day, they were like, are you and Jess roommates? And I was like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. What? I mean, I was like, I mean, I guess we are in the, we're on the road so much. We're and, like, podcast we're roommates. Hotel. We're yes. podcast roommates. We live in the same podcast studio. Right. We uh, can live together in this podcast, despite the fact that I abhor the team that you love with every right. fiber of my being. And that I think it makes for great narrative tension, of honestly. Uh, this game was insane. Like, regardless of who was playing in it, it was... It looked like I, the first two drives, I thought the Pats were... The first quarter, I was like, oh, this is going to be a blowout. And then the Chiefs came back, and then the Pats came back, and then and went to overtime. Yeah. It was fourth, one of the most stressful was... nights of my entire life. As I told you, I texted you this. As soon as there, there were two minutes to go in the fourth quarter, yeah. Tom Brady had the ball, and I was like, this is it. Like, he, they're going to win. And uh, credit to the Chiefs for taking it to overtime. But I don't know. I, I had this... I just knew all along that Chiefs fans actually thought they were going to win. And I was like, you guys just haven't gotten your hearts ripped out by the Patriots enough times to realize that yeah. like, you're going to lose. And it's going to be even worse because you're going to lose in overtime and it'd be so close. 
Here's and my you're question. Gonna think you're gonna win, and you just they're gonna rip your heart out and stomp on it. Yeah. Sorry, that's what happens. Eventually, this is going to end. Like, Tom Brady seems immortal. He's not. Like, this is going to be over. I'm right. just going to enjoy this while I can because when Tom Brady gets the ball and starts slinging it down the field, it's electric. And it's going to be even more electric when he's doing it when he's 60. So, <laughs> Right. I say that now. It's like he's the first 75-year-old I, quarterback. Honest to God, I hope that the Patriots win the Super Bowl and Tom Brady retires. I'll take Wow. I'll take it. I'll take a, another Patriots Super Bowl win if, if it Gronk means he- and Brady just Right off into the sunset together after okay. the game. Honestly, hot take. No, I can't say it. I, 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 I want him to play longer. But, uh, I don't know. That would be such an incredible end. Like, if they ended on a Super Bowl and then he Yeah, was... and then we never have to talk about him again because I'm so sick of Tom Brady. It's a lot of Tom Brady. Uh, here's my question, Jess. How do you feel about the NFL overtime rules? Because how it works right now is that if you win the coin toss and you get to go first and you score a touchdown, the game is over. Do you think that's fair or do you think that's unfair that the other team... Like, that Pat Mahomes didn't get a chance to touch the ball in overtime. I don't know if it's a question of, like, fairness necessarily, but for the sake of entertainment, Uh which is, I think, why most people watch football, it's more entertaining when both offenses get a chance to go on the field in overtime. Like, it was a bummer that Pat Mahomes didn't get the ball in his hands because he lost the coin toss. Yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily fair or unfair because I've read that, like, you know, since since the new overtime rules only – 50% 50% of the teams that win the cost win the toss win the game or something oh, okay. like that. So it, it does So put, statistically uh, it's st- fairly even. I I think so. I don't know how No, how, I think so too. I was reading I was reading like a bunch of different opinions on this yesterday and there were there were a bunch of arguments where I was like, "Oh, I guess this isn't quite as messed up as people think it is." Well, yeah, it puts pressure on your defense to make a stop like the Rams did in the first game right. on Sunday. Like the Rams caught an interception. Right. And uh, didn't let the Saints score. And also, I, I like that they changed it so you can't kick a field goal in overtime. That was unfair because you yes. literally could just get the ball, have a have a 20-yard <laughs> return and be on the 50-yard line and then kick and a field goal and win the game. Exactly. Like, that I hated. That was right. so stupid. But I will say, compared to, like, college football rules, college football overtime is just so much more fun. What is college football overtime right now? What are the rules on that? Basically, you win the, if you win the toss, you probably will elect to go second. So the first team starts on the 25-yard line. Okay. They either, you know score a touchdown, kick a field goal, or don't score. And then the second team gets the ball on the 25-yard line, knowing what the first team did and knowing, like, okay. if the first team scored a touchdown, you have to score a touchdown to win or to tie it. If the first team kicked a field goal, all you need is a touchdown to win. So it's a little bit different, and oh, it's I kind can't... of more of a mind game. So then if, yeah. say, you tie it in the first overtime, then the second team gets the ball immediately back. So it goes first team, second team, second team, first team. Oh, I love that. And then that That's can go way on for fun. like hours. And then if you, I think once you get into like the third overtime or maybe this, it's the second, you have to go for two. You can't kick an extra point. Oh, that's amazing. So it, it just puts a lot more pressure on defenses to make a stop yeah. in the red zone. You're basically in the red zone the entire time. But also if your defense can like sack the quarterback or, you know, totally, you're out of field goal range. Right college kickers so i don't know it's really exciting though and what was the game this fall that went to the texas a and lsu game yeah yeah no i think that would be amazing imagine if you had that in the nfl if you had that in the nfl you'd have to do it from like the 50 for sure for or, sure or like yeah i mean i guess the 50 i don't know but I, I like i like college football over time but it it wouldn't necessarily work quite as well in the nfl i think well no because i mean if your kickers are not college kick i mean granted this year every kicker kind of looked like a college kicker. although i will say one thing you could say about all four teams this weekend good kickers all had really good kickers really good kickers and you need a good kicker if greg zerling won the game for the rams yeah, if you if you're gonna go to the super bowl your game's gonna come down to a field goal yeah probably yeah 
And it did for most of these teams. So kickers are important. Take note, Chicago Bears (laughs) and Pittsburgh Steelers. And like and like a lot of and like Wisconsin. Mason Crosby. Oh, the like, Packers. I was sorry. like, what did the Badgers do? Why do we have to bring them into this? I don't this? know why I said Wisconsin. Um, can we talk about the muff punt rule, too, while we're on rules? Yeah. Wait. What? Oh, yes. Okay. H- how did everyone on the Chiefs forget that you can't score on a muff punt? Do they... Did they... Honestly, I forgot that. So, like, I can kind okay. of, I can kind of see. Where well, I feel like if you're a if it's your football job. player, you should maybe know that that's a rule. Uh, what is that? Especially what if is you're that? a special can you teams me, player. Can you tell me that rule? Yeah. Okay. So Edelman, the ball was fl- oh, hurtling oh, oh, towards Edelman. Thumbgate. Right. Thumbgate. Is that what we're calling it now? That's what I called it. Okay. I was like tired. I was calling it gate. I was calling it muffgate. Thumbgate. Oh, muffgate's muffgate's also really good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. So if if Edelman. If the ball had touched his fingers, the punting team, which was the Chiefs, could have recovered it and uh-huh. had possession. Yeah. But you can't recover it, have possession, and also score on the same play. Because what happened was the guy recovered it and then ran into the end zone. Right. And everyone was upset because the, they thought the touchdown was called back, but it couldn't have been a touchdown. It couldn't have been a touchdown anyways. <laughs> it could have been Chiefs ball, which would have obviously changed right. the entire game. And I, I kind of think the ball touched his Okay, thumb. no, it did not. Look, I'm not just it saying this as a Pats like fan. It did. I watched every angle multiple times that did not touch him. I don't know. That did not like touch did. his hand. There is no world in which that touched Edelman's hands. I don't know. We it, can agree to disagree. Agree to disagree, okay. but it looked like it touched his left thumb just a little bit. Okay, this is me as a Pats fan. I'm realizing I'm wildly biased. Also, it didn't touch Edelman his hands. should have just let the ball bounce. I don't know why he was trying to I don't know why he go. was thinking to. He didn't have a clear catch. Like He was, he was so bent lucky over to try that to catch it. didn't touch him. Yeah. He is so lucky. Well, it didn't. Okay, well, it didn't. Anyway, Tony Romo, everyone was saying that he was the star of this game. He called every play that the Pats did before they won the game. Like every, like that last drive, he was, he should open up a palm reading shop in Midtown. Well, I was, I was reading some dissent from other people on Twitter that, like other color commentary people, like Brady Quinn does color commentary. And he was like, literally Romo called the correct play every time because they ran the same play every time and like they've been running okay. this play all season and i was like brady you're right what else did he tweet about he oh he tweet brady quinn had a jeff fisher tweet where he was like the rams won with the team that jeff fisher built and yeah. i was like this is relevant to all of our interests right i'm like brady quinn yet again <laughs> is correct about everything <laughs> um but yeah tony romo did great and and the one thing that we agree about that yeah. everyone was talking about after the game was Tony Romo should be a head coach. Like he would be, a, he should do follow Mike Mayock's footsteps and go to a team now and like right. blah 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 and like all this bullshit. And I'm like, why? Can we just let him? He's been at CBS for like two years. Yeah. Can we just let him chill for a minute? Well, that's what that's what something about sports media that the one the only thing about sports <laughs> media that drives me crazy. No, is that people will take someone who's clearly really really good at what they do. You know, like even with Trevor Lawrence when he is this incredible college football player and they're like he should be able to go to the NFL now or it's like Tony Romo he's this amazing commentator and like he's the guy you want in the booth and they're like he should be a head coach I'm like why can't we just let people like be good at what they're good right. at it always seems like people are are dying to be like your job that you have isn't good enough you should do this job that's right. better and it's like well I would rather be on TV every Sunday than be a head coach it sounds way easier and you get paid a lot of money also I think Tony Romo's way better at commentary than he would be at a head coach like <laughs> well, he, he, all yes. he has to do is guess what people will do not 
decide what to do and that is a very different skill set yeah that's definitely true that is a very different skill set I think he would get too excited on the side he'd be like well I don't know do we run the ball Jim I don't know Jim the thumb I'm very happy that he's doing the Super Bowl yeah um, we're gonna be but there we're not gonna we're not we're gonna, gonna be gonna which it. I realized on Sunday I was like oh I'm so excited Tony Romo's doing the Super Bowl you know and then what? I was like wait I'm gonna be at the game Jess I have to tell Humble you Brad. one of the weird yeah also, this next podcast is going to come to you from Atlanta, which we're very excited about. We're leaving on Sunday. Uh, one thing that was really funny, the first Super Bowl I ever covered, being there is awesome. And I loved it. And I think it was the coolest thing I've ever been to. But it's really funny looking at Twitter when you're at the game and everyone's tweeting about the commercials and the commentary. And you have absolutely yeah. not a single clue what I think is going we should on. just find like a TV at the stadium and watch it on TV in at the press the game. box they do they do have it do they Go, have the sound I, pumping no because we're not gonna hear Tony then yeah yeah maybe we can stream it <laughs> <laughs> we'll stream the Super Bowl, data. The Super Bowl. <laughs> um we have one more question about this game what, what oh Okay, yeah, so in this game, Bill Belichick, once again, through his Microsoft Surface tablet, which I just want to say is my favorite thing in the entire world when he gets mad at technology. We yes, know that, obviously. What's the question? The question is, do you think Microsoft likes it when the Surface is tossed because it reminds people about the product? This is from Macasaurus Rex. Hey, Macasaurus Rex, one of our loyal MVP MVPs. Uh, sorry, MVP VPs. Yeah, for sure. Same. I think they absolutely Same. love it. Like anytime you get earned media on a national broadcast that every American right. mostly is watching. Because you know people are like not saying iPad. They're saying Surface tablet. Yeah. Like it's I would have said iPad, but I know that right. it's a Surface tablet now. Still not going to buy one. Right. I mean, I might. I don't know. I don't need one. But I, I, I think they love the free marketing. <laughs> oh, like for the sure. Extra f- no one talks about it when they're just sitting on the bench using it. No right. one's like, oh, look, at they're looking at a surface. It's like he's also of not they are. throwing it because it doesn't work. He's throwing it because he's mad. Well, well, actually, it could be that it doesn't work. We don't, we don't know. know. <laughs> but they have enough wiggle room that they right. can be like, oh, it was fine. Right, right. Uh, so we've already got into the Super Bowl a little bit. We've got Rams, Patriots, congrats to America on having a new America's team. Yeah. Unless you're in New Orleans or New England. Or, or St. Louis. Because I, I talked. You know what was funny, though? Is that I, some people tweeted at me. They were like, oh, but like everyone in St. Louis hates them, too. And then I had a few I had a few people in St. Louis be like, no, like we're still. Okay. I talked to my, my best friends is, are from St. Louis. Oh, yeah. What do they think? I asked her yesterday, I was like, so what's your family think? Like, yeah. blah, blah, And she was like, honestly, we're all so pissed. Really? Yeah. She's like, why weren't they good when they were in oh. St. Louis? Like, fuck the Rams. <laughs> and I was like, oh, tragic. Okay. Yeah, Go I back to that. rooting for the Cardinals, I guess. Right. Like, what do you do? <laughs> they literally, it's a it's a baseball town anyways. But yeah. it's it was just funny because I was like, yeah, I would probably be pissed too. Oh, Ironically, be... this friend also moved to LA. So I'm like, you can't really blame the Rams. You why moved to it... LA too. Okay. Look, she's got a... <laughs> I'm not going to call you out here, girl, but you, you can like the Rams now. Just like move, you moved with the team like they're your team. Right. Uh, we have a question, though, about yeah, what the Super it? Bowl matchup, which is what Super Bowl dishes represent both teams from Kevin Moore? Okay, well, as a New Englander, like, obviously, this is too easy. It's either a lobster roll or clam chowder. Yeah, definitely. I know, Los Angeles, no- though, is... I initially, I was like, maybe tacos or oh. sushi. So my, my thought process was a vegan ravioli casserole because... <laughs> Vegan because it's LA yep. and you know we're we're all a little bit health conscious out there. Um, ravioli casserole because they still have a little bit of St. Louis in them. I like and this there's answer. nothing more St. Louis than a ravioli and b a casserole. That's so true. Wow, Jess, you nailed that. 
with emos uh i'm gonna be honest though, if we're putting if we're putting these up against each other like new england wins yeah. like i'll take a lobster roll over a vegan rabbit well st louis la fusion might not be the best <laughs> um the food in la is good and the food in st louis is edible but yeah new england has really good fresh seafood yeah, so yeah. you can't really beat that uh we also have another question which is this is one for you is just the biggest rams fan in the world now from zimstagramman i'm gonna say no Oh, why? Because if I root for the Rams, they will lose. Just like oh. I rooted for the Saints and the Chiefs wait, this wait, weekend. Wait, wait, Are you putting your curse on the Pats? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. That's I sh- told you I want the Patriots to win so Tom Brady can just retire I'm and we can never up. talk about him again. I feel sick to my stomach. <laughs> We're so screwed. Um, uh, go Pats. Well, the Rams are... Here's something that I think the Rams do have in their favor is that they're wearing their throwback jerseys in the Super Bowl. I love the Rams pit uniforms. It might be one of the best uniforms in sports. And their helmet. Helmets are amazing. A lot of people have issues, though, with the fact that the blue of the helmet doesn't match the blue of the jersey. How does it? Is it like it's darker? darker. The helmet's yeah, darker. I could see that. I don't really care. Who it doesn't who bother me. Gives. Yeah, yeah right. it's fine. Uh, also, They're better than the new uniforms by far. Although yeah. they looked good in the all whites this weekend. I mean, the Rams have good uniforms. Like yeah. the Rams usually look good. Also, they're all attractive men. <laughs> Sorry. Are we allowed to say I don't um, know if I'm allowed to say We also that. need to quickly just talk about Maroon 5 real quick. Oh, okay. Can I tell you a story about Maroon 5? Yes, you may. So one of my best friends, Hillary, shout out Hill, is without any touch of irony, the biggest Maroon 5 fan I have ever met. Like she used to make me put it on her birthday party playlist in college and mm. like it's on her top played of 2018 so and she doesn't follow sports that closely so when i told her that maroon 5 was playing the super bowl kind of like i kind of forgot what a big fan she was and i was also like no one is psyched about this she was like no way oh i'm doubt i can't wait i'm gonna watch and then she goes honestly like i would go to just a maroon 5 concert Uh, (laughs) i I don't really know if i know any maroon 5 songs but I do know that I don't like Maroon 5. Really? See, I I don't dislike Maroon 5. Okay. I just also think that they could have found a better Super Bowl halftime. Apparently not, because a lot of people told them no. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. We had Travis Scott. He's going he's gonna to do uh, something. Yeah. Well, there's some drama over that, too. Is there? Yeah. All right. Let's... Anyway. Let's move on to basketball. Okay. So, in basketball this week... <laughs> Kyrie Irving has been having some trouble with the young Celtics on his Celtics team that he thinks are entitled. He thinks they're not working hard enough. He thinks they don't quite understand what it takes to win a championship. And so he told everyone that he called LeBron to apologize for not understanding what it took to be a leader or sort of, you know, being a young shithead when he was on the caps. Here's the thing about that sentence is two words. Told everyone. Yes. He told everyone because if this was like a really like, you know, thought felt sincere conversation with LeBron and not a thing to get the media attention to be like, look at Kyrie trying to corral his team. Yeah. I don't think he would tell everyone. <laughs> I don't either. I think it's one of the, if you have to say it, it isn't true. Yeah. Like, I do think that you know, maybe it was a sort of motivation tactic to his team to be like, look, I'm so mad at you guys. I'm calling LeBron. It's like, dad knows. But I find it a little bit. I mean, the NBA is just so masterful at using the media to NBA players know how to get what they yeah. want well, into like, the j- world. Look at Jimmy Butler with the whole uh, Timberwolves thing with having the jump come to 
Minnesota right, they right just after his... happened to be there the day is a meltdown. Right. Well, no, like, yeah. Literally. Yeah. He orchestrated that entire thing. It was incredible. I have so much respect for that. I also think it's really funny whenever it happens. Like, obviously, you know, as a I'm a generalist sports writer, you know, like, I'm not plugged in. So I'm not the one getting the calls from an NBA player being like, hey, I need you to put this out there. But, like, I live for it. Yeah. I live for it's it. It's pretty good. Uh, also, Mello, Carmelo Anthony got traded to the Bulls with cash. <laughs> it's really sad. It's sad. But he's, he's getting waived today, which is yeah. also sad. How do you feel as a Bulls fan, though, um, that you had Carmelo for a day or less I than a day? I really hope that we retire his jersey. And um, I don't Hang know. Six, the six more rings, baby. Six more rings. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, after the Super Bowl, we're got about to get way more basketball y. Yeah, so. a lot of so like Jerry Reinsdorf owns the Bulls and the White Sox. Uh-huh. And so he took I think it was like seventy five thousand dollars from the Rockets was the cash consideration. That's not very much money. Well no, but a lot of people were like he's trying to get that money from Machado <laughs> raise it any way he can. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like not how any of this works, but that's the funniest. Made me, made me LOL. I love that. Yeah. We have a question about basketball for us from Corey Haas. Oh. I don't know if you've if I've heard you mention this or not, but what NBA teams do you root for? Uh, we're pretty we're pretty easy. Like Jess from Chicago, I'm from Boston. Yeah, it's pretty much down the yeah down the line. I'm a Celtics fan, Bulls fan. Sadly, yeah. Not I mean the Bulls are just yeah yeah. Rebuilding. Um, (laughs) We had some drama in Philadelphia. This article in the Philly Voice um, claiming that Carson Wentz, their injured quarterback, who they will probably be giving a max deal to in a a year. Does he have one year left? Uh, Here's here's the – I'm just going to read you guys the lead because I think it's the best setup for a dysfunctional sports story that I've ever read. Over the past two months, Philly Voice spoke with more than half, more than a half dozen players, plus other sources close to the team who all requested to remain anonymous, fearing repercussions given Wentz's power within the organization. And what they told us paints a somewhat different picture of the Eagles locker room and their franchise quarterback than one might expect. Dun, dun, dun. I have a feel like I understand sometimes you have to use anonymous sources when all of your sources are anonymous and then... Fletcher Cox goes on Twitter and he's like, this is garbage. Talk to me if you want to talk about what Carson's actually like. I I don't know. Well, so I didn't read the whole story. I just read um, Mike Florio's recapping of the story. <laughs> Which, honestly, I mean, all you need. Um, so I didn't really see if this author had also found, like, people who disagreed with that perspective or not. But it does seem like a weird thing where there, it's it appears to be like a Nick Foles camp and a Carson Wentz camp. And... Um, you know, there are a lot of words thrown out in the story, like egotistical and like things like that, where maybe it seems like Carson Wentz thinks really highly of himself, even though he hasn't won anything and and his backup has, you know, been the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. This is an interesting situation. I'm very excited to see how it shakes out, but a lot of players do have Carson Wentz's back in the follow up from this, which is also really interesting. A headline we get here in the Inquirer, uh, claims that the Eagles Carson Wentz is selfish might not be wrong, but they're overblown. It was also strange, though, because any of the Eagles I've ever sort of talked to have just had really the highest 
regard for Carson. Like they've spoken really highly of him and saying he's a great guy. So like I, but I mean, you never know. You literally never know, but it's just really interesting when it comes down (laughs) to this like locker room gossip where, you know, maybe there's one person who thinks this and then it, it all becomes so speculative. I would be surprised if there wasn't a little bit of like, you know, what has this guy done for us? Like Nick Foles took us to the Super Bowl and he won the Super Bowl for us. Why are we, why are we so sure that he's not our guy? I, I understand that, and yeah. I think that that's a legitimate concern for Phillies, Philly fans and for players on the team is, like, you you have two quarterbacks, and one is younger and one hasn't been healthy, yeah. and the other one is older, but he's also shown that he is pretty clutch. <laughs> yeah, he took you to the Super Bowl. He so... like, got you to the playoffs, and it wasn't his fault that they didn't win. I mean, I guess on some level it's always everybody's fault that you didn't win, but, I mean, I get that too. I, I don't know what you do. Yeah about that uh can we one one last thing before we get to our unprotected segs yeah uh dan snyder the owner of the washington football team bought a uh boat a yacht for upwards of a hundred million dollars and if you remember jerry jones the owner of the cowboys bought a 250 million dollar yacht two weeks ago and so i think that dan snyder this is like about as male as you can get. He was like, "Oh, I need a big boat." Did they both too. just buy these? Yes. Oh man, they both just bought and and Snyder bought his after Jones and I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, and apparently it has the um it has an IMAX theater in it. And my feeling about that, it's the first IMAX theater on a boat. This is a <laughs> this is a recipe for motion sickness. Like you're already on a boat. We don't need one more element of nausea induced. That's totally fair. Right? Yeah. Like, who oh, wants yeah. this? I, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you that imagine? makes me so carsick just thinking about it. Also, the IMAX theater was like, cost like $2 million to install. I thought it would cost a lot more. Me too. Is that all? That's what the, this article said. Really? Like, not that I have $2 million laying around. Right. or you and know, Not that I would spend it on an IMAX theater. <laughs> correct. But I was like, wow, IMAX theaters, huh. like... You could like, finance that. <laughs> I definitely couldn't. But, no, but I mean, like, think like whenever I've been to a planetarium or whatever, I'm like, right, those, this is. A I mean, state it must be art. a really small IMAX theater, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe Dan, Dan Snyder, Snyder do better, my man. I'm not your saying... boat's not that impressive, I'm right? Like, kidding. maybe your boat this should is... be more um, impressive. It's funny though because Dan Snyder obviously is like trying to raise money to rebuild or to build a new stadium for the his football team. Oh, yeah, using and, public funds? Yeah, like every owner does. They all try to get the taxpayers right. to pay for their stadiums. But, you know, maybe maybe sell your boat. Yeah. Maybe don't spend a couple million dollars in an IMAX theater if you really need <laughs> millions of dollars to build a new stadium. Also, he's known for – he. I, I remember reading something like a few years ago about how his season ticket holders couldn't pay for their season tickets because of, like, the recession and, like, economic problems and – Oh yeah, all this he stuff. Was like, and he he was suing over ticket. Um, that's just ticket like payments, like I, suing fans, his own fans, which I I have read is not really the precedent in those situations. I really don't know how any of this shit works, but it seems like a guy who doesn't deserve a two million dollar IMAX theater no, in his I'm, yacht. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I'm like very much this. The optics of this, I can't. Im- I mean, first of all, I can't imagine being Dan Snyder's PR people in the first place. Like, also, I've gotten yelled at by Dan Snyder's PR people. I was once reporting something in the um, Washington locker room, and I like talked to someone for a minute longer than I was supposed to. And as I was leaving, one of their PR people chased me out of the locker room oh, and was God. like, "What do you think you're doing?" And I was like, "Sorry, like my job." But so, 
Anyway, shout out Washington. Um, we love big boats. <laughs> we cannot lie. Unprotected sex. Should we do it, Jess? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, what sex do we have this week? This week we have some personal news. Is it canceled? Call Deb and is it sports are combined? We've got another chapter of True Gritty and two new segments, one called Underrated and one called Tennis Talk. <laughs> and then we're ending on Ask a Youth and our special guest, Bill Barnwell. Yes. Let's talk. Let's talk about our personal news. Okay. Uh, our personal news is last week we had a shoot for The Wilder Project, which is the SATV show that is named after me, I guess, <laughs> and that Jess produces. It was super cool. We can't tell you about it yet, which I know is really obnoxious. But our personal news is that I think we had the best, we found the best nachos in the entire world. We found the best nachos. I have eaten a lot of nachos. Um, Per pound, per amount of food that I've eaten in my lifetime, nachos definitely the most. Uh, Followed by Perfect Bar. Shout out Perfect Bar. Maybe you guys should sponsor us already. Please sponsor us. I I mean, come on, guys. I brought a Perfect Bar to a bakery on Saturday (laughs) because I was having coffee with someone, but I did not want to have my bar. Oh, good for you. Yeah, thanks. They're really good. Uh, But yeah, we we found the best nachos in America, I think. At Barrio Queen in Old Town, Scottsdale. Scottsdale. And they were the cheese, the melted cheese situation, yeah. and the like slow roasted pork. What I, it was the best nachos in the world. And now I can't eat nachos. Ruined nachos for me. I think you're right. I think we're gonna have to go back to Old Town. Here's a hot take. What? Not really that hot. Nachos are the best food. Yeah, I can't. They're the, literally the best food. Find me a better food. I I cannot think of something I'd rather eat than nachos at any and any part of the day. Even like for breakfast, like Remember chilaquiles are breakfast nachos. Like no, that's true. Yeah. Remember when last year at the Super Bowl, TGI Fridays yeah. delivered us nachos and they put the cheese on the side? And I got really emotional because it was so nice of them <laughs> to not make our chips soggy. Uh, we have one question related to some personal news. How many mice can fit in the drywall gap in a wall, <laughs> Jess? Uh, it sounds like about 50. In your apartment? In right? my apartment. Did the exterminator come? I have a feeling, though, that it's it's a combination of mice and also, like, some mechanical error going on with my radiator. Okay. I'm hoping that it's Which I'm, solely the latter. I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous that the guy's going to come and, like, take apart my radiator and then just mice are oh. going to, like, Ugh. you know, like, um, in The Mummy when all the scarab beetles come out of, yeah. like, the tomb and they're, like, crawling everywhere? Like, that's going to happen in my apartment, <laughs> but with, like, a thousand mice. I feel, I feel nauseous. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I kind of want to die. Is it can? Oh, we're really excited about this one. We are really excited about this one. Uh, The question is from B. Conway 2, is jaw rule canceled? And the reason this person is asking us this is because uh, you're probably aware there have been two documentaries, one on Hulu and one on Netflix, about the disaster that was the Fire Festival, which was a music festival that this guy, Billy McFarland, tried to um, put on in the Bahamas and it and ended up defrauding people for millions of dollars. And his accomplice was Ja Rule. He was his business partner. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the documentaries, Billy McFarlane's in jail now. Yeah. Ja Rule is not. And Ja Rule is also now collaborating on this app that was like the foundation for the Fire Festival media companies, like, you know, their whole like thing that they were basing this festival the reason they had the festival was to to market the app which was just to connect artists with people who wanted to book them for their birthday parties it was it was the uber the uber of booking celebrities or something like that um but anyways ja rule's not in jail and he's been trying to tweet through it like (laughs) he's been tweeting all weekend like um just because you watch a documentary doesn't mean you know what's going on like all this stuff he's like i was bamboozled i was scammed led astray like all these hilarious tweets that everyone has of course turned into memes right um 
but anyways this whole the you have to watch both documentaries in my opinion because like i i can't get enough of this story it's just so good i can't either i cannot like inject this into my veins last night i watched the netflix one then i immediately watched the hulu <laughs> one then i went down a rabbit hole oh, of same you know it was just and you'd been telling me about it and i finally watched it and it lived up like these you will want to punch billy in the face <laughs> it was unreal here's my i have a quick assessment of the docs i think that netflix was more thorough in showing the process of putting this festival on and like what a shit show it was, the horror of it and the human impact it had um, on the Bahamians, which is just despicable. Yeah, that's definitely the worst part. But I think it, that, the festival was built yeah. on slave labor. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They didn't pay. You can't like, you can't do that. You can't argue that that is how it happened. Uh, but the Hulu one I thought was more slickly produced and gave more context to the moment in time that, you know, in society that made it possible for like this perfect storm of events to yeah, I personally had had problems with both documentaries as films, but yeah, same. The stories were both like that worth what, watching. What kept me watching it? Like, I I wouldn't say either of them are necessarily good documentaries, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um. I, well, the you know Hulu paid. Well, yeah, and that's a, that's another it. for like ethical reasons. Yeah, I, I don't think either of them can really stand. And then the Jerry Media that ruined the whole thing was in collaboration hey, with Netflix. Hey, guess what? I'm gonna swear real quick because yeah. I can. Fuck Jerry, the Instagram <laughs> account put on the festival. Fuck Jerry. I'm allowed to say it because it's are. part of the name. It's part of the Fuck name. Fuck Jerry. Uh. So yeah, is Ja Rule canceled, Jess? Yeah, Ja Rule's fucking canceled. Like, I, like of course he's canceled. Yeah. He's he's in on this. In, in the end of the Netflix documentary, there's a video of him going like, "It's not fraud. It's false advertising." I'm like, yes. bro, it. What do you think? Like, what do you think fraud? Define fraud. Literally, it's what literally you what did. you did. It's literally. Um, like- we also have another question about this. Yeah, what is it? Um, how long would you guys last at Fire Festival? I don't think I'd make it off the plane. That's from S. Fishy. I, it's funny because when I was watching it, <laughs> I was imagining if I had gotten there, yeah. I would have just tried to find a hotel. There were no hotels. There were. That was the. There issue. were no hotels on the entire island. Everything was sold out. I would have cried. I wouldn't have gotten off the plane. Well, I wouldn't have gotten on the plane. Like, there's well, no the world thing. in which that's I would have gone thing. to this. There's no world in which like this kind of thing appeals to me. To begin with. To begin with. Let alone, like, the... Obviously, it's insanely expensive, and I don't, like, have that kind of money. I'm not spending four grand to go see right. Blink-182, and people... then Blink-182 drops out. <laughs> right. Well, that's the other thing. But there were people who were like, oh, like, our tickets were only $500 for the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, then what did you expect? I right. Like, <laughs> none of us... Is, so, I wouldn't last a single second. I... Yeah, I would never... That... This whole thing doesn't... It's not for me. No. I'm, I'm not a... I'm not a music festival in the Bahamas kind of guy. No, neither am I. Um, I'm and also not definitely like, not a Firefest guy. If if we were one month out and I still didn't have my like flight plans or my any like information, I would have been. I just freaking out. I don't understand how all the red flags. Like, how do you still go? I whatever. Uh, let's let's call Deb and do. Is it sports? Hello. 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 It's been a minute. I know. How it you, has been. How are you? Uh, cold. How are you? Oh, same. same. <laughs> I know. But at least it was dry. I mean, at least it is dry. Yeah. It's not. We didn't get it's the so, monster snowstorm. It's so dry that my, like, nostrils are cracking. That's the problem. In half. Yeah. Yes, my off. fingers are cracking. It's awful. My, um breath comes out as icicles and cracks uh, at my feet. It's really bad. It's so bad. Um, so we're combining calling you this week with Is It Sports? Because um, you oh. had you want to know, you have two things that we're deciding if they're sports or not. Yes. And um, 
I think they're both up in the air. Actually, one is very seriously up in the air. But let's start with the first thing. Okay, what is it? Um, is opera sports. <laughs> I love and it. I tend to think that sometimes it is, that sometimes it's a kind of setup that, for instance, I went to see um, Adriana Le Couvreur, which is an opera about a poisonous princess and a beautiful actress. Ooh. I know. I love I know. that. Well, you know, actually, winning is very complicated here. So the poisonous princess is a mezzo. And a mezzo the, soprano. soprano. Ah. She's kind of an alto. She has a lower voice. Got it. And the uh, beautiful actress is a soprano with a high and amazing voice. Mm -hmm. And this was uh, the Met at the movies, and it had two of the greatest singers in the world. Anita Rachvelishvili, wow. who was the mezzo, was the poisonous princess. And Anna Natrebko, who was the soprano, was the beautiful actress. Okay. So what they get to do is sing at each other for three act well, for two acts. It's almost three acts. So it's like a boxing match. You yeah. Know, they have rounds, and one sings something unbelievably beautiful and impossible to sing, and the other comes back with something equally beautiful and impossible to sing, except you hate the poisonous princess and you love the beautiful Can, actress. When you say poisonous, what's poisonous about her? Is she uh, a bad person or is she? does she have venom in her? I was picturing like a frog who like <laughs> has <laughs> venom too. in its tongue. Well, I think <laughs> that I, I use the word poisonous um, very carefully because... She is kind of a bad person. Oh, you know, okay. she's rich and entitled, and she's angry at her husband, and she's jealous because everybody loves the beautiful actress. And at the end, here is the problem. Oh. So you have Natrebko singing her heart out, and you have the poisonous princess singing her heart out. <laughs> They're both in love with the same man. Okay. Mm. And in the end, the poisonous princess poisons the beautiful actress oh spoiler dub yeah <laughs> and, and it's kind of based on historical fact because oh. in mm. real life the husband of the princess who at that point wasn't a princess was just only a duchess i who knows whatever um was a real expert in poison wow Okay, so, so the question is, at the end... <laughs> this is how people know, who don't know out. sports feel about listening to our podcast. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of names. <laughs> what? Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. So at the end, you know, they come out, and um, the audience, it's like an applause meter. Mm. Okay. Oh, you mean they like, were, do you mean in terms of sports, like who wins, like who, who gets the louder well, claps? It's, you know, it's who wins the louder claps, who wins in the story, who gets the best music. It is like the most complicated match you have ever... It makes tennis look simple-minded compared to, you know, the points and the yeah. faults and I all think, of this. I think that opera is sports. I, I, I don't think, think you can write about it on a sports website terribly easily, but I think it's competitive. I don't know. Jess, what are you thinking? I'm on the fence because, on the one hand, it's very confusing, which makes me think that it's like sports. Yeah. On the other hand... Right. It's very confusing, so I don't know what I'm actually listening about. <laughs> well, it's who likes which singer better is kind of the most ah. basic. So it's like thing. American Idol, but fancy. Yes, it's like it's like ice skating. It's like Olympic ice skating. Then it's a sport. It's a totally sport. Yeah, so opera sport. is sports. Uh, what was the second one? 
Well, the second one is really up in the air. What is it? Here we are watching the Patriots, or having watched the Patriots. I didn't watch them. Charlotte and her dad watched it remotely with each other. I was too, my stomach was too upset. It was hard on me. So I'm sitting there. The game is over. The Pats win. And I think, oh, no, I missed the eclipse because there was a lunar eclipse on Sunday night. Oh, no. The super blood wolf moon. (laughs) Yes. The super blood wolf moon. So is the super blood wolf moon sports? Well, I got a text from a friend of mine at 11.15 saying, are you watching the eclipse? And I was in bed. I thought, (laughs) oh, my God, I raced outside. I mean, I put on everything (laughs) I own because it is really cold out there. Uh And she had texted. I said, is it now? And she said, go outside and look up. So I did. Did you see it? It was the most amazing thing. I'm really sad I missed it. That's also how I felt when I saw Michael Thomas's butt. During the Saints, game. Well, yeah, I mean, you missed that. That was the real supermoon. The the real supermoon was one of the Saints players got pants during the NFC Championship game. Oh please! <laughs> um, this, is, this is not that. This is like <laughs> I look up. Both are moons, and there it's is true. this slice of white, of blazing white, and then it's oh. red where the shadow of the Earth is crossing over it. That's pretty. And then cool. there are flares of deep indigo. Wow. And bright crimson because they're the opposite ends of the spectrum, ultraviolet and infrared. Mm. It was unbelievable. I'm gonna it say that I'm gonna say that the blood moon is sports just based on entirely it feels like it. I think it is sports and its timing was pretty good. Yeah, Jess, what do you think? I think watching it is sports. Oh I don't think the moon itself yep. is sports. The moon is just the moon. I agree with but you. But like, you know, like you said, it's physical exertion. You had to put on all your winter shit. Yep. Sorry, clothes. <laughs> um, go outside. You know, a lot of people are taking like pretty cool pictures of it, which like photography is definitely sports. Yeah. Um it seems competitive, you know. Yeah, well, like Got your it. friend was like, Are you watching? Right, exactly. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. Watching it is sports. The moon itself is not sports. I totally agree that nice. the moon is so... I mean, the moon lasts longer than any game. Yeah, well, that's, tr- that's true. Well, I don't know. Yeah. You, you go to a lot of overtimes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're on overtime. All right, Ma, thank you so much. You are the best. We'll talk to you, uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Thanks, Deb. Okay, bye, okay. both of you. Bye. bye. guys. Bye. Bye. Wow. <laughs> We've got two sports. Two sports. Two new sports. Opera and watching the Blood Moon. Um, okay, this is something I'm really excited for, Jess. A new segment yeah. that we came up with while we were in Arizona. It's called Underrated. Yes. And the first thing that we are deciding. Uh, yeah. The, basically, the gist of the segment. Oh, is sorry. Yeah. Thing, Tell people a what thing this that is. we don't think gets enough credit. Very simple. Like. You, you, you come across a thing and you're like, wow, this is really good. We don't talk about this thing enough. We don't give this thing the appreciation this yes. thing deserves. And it can be anything from an action to a thing, to a person, to a place. To a piece of food. Which, which is... this week, yeah, our underrated item is provolone. <laughs> it is. Provolone cheese is very underrated. Because we, were, we went to a Whole Foods in Arizona because we needed something to eat. And we bought slices of provolone cheese <laughs> and we were eating them in the car and we were like, God damn, provolone <laughs> cheese. Who'd have thought? This cheese can get it. Oh, yeah, the cheese can get it. And it had, like, warmed up slightly, so it wasn't oh, really it was cold. really good. Doesn't... You never hear people talk about eating provolone. You, you nope. put it on sandwiches, but 
You don't hear about like, oh, my cheese plate has some provolone. I think that America is doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Big cheddar. We've been in the pocket of big cheddar for too long. (laughs) Big cheddar and big brie. Oh, tell me about it. Could eat a shit ton of cheese right now. I'm so hungry. Uh, Should we talk about some tennis? Yeah. So basically, another segment we have is that I tell Jess what happened in tennis. Because I don't understand nor watch tennis. Uh, So this weekend at the Australian Open, Serena Williams beat Simona Halep. And this was a big deal because obviously anything Serena Williams does is generally a pretty big deal. But she was ranked 16th and Halep was ranked number one. Um, and it was a pretty famous upset. And so now Serena moves on to the quarterfinal. She's going for her 24th Grand Slam. Damn. Damn. Also, Roger Federer lost in the round of 16. He's 37. He lost to a 20-year-old Greek guy named Stefanos Stitsipas. Wow. I was going to wonder how you pronounce it. It's T-S-I-T-S-I-P-A-S. It's just a bunch of consonants. Tsitsipas. Yeah. Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas. Stefanos Tsitsipas. And he's Greek. That's Italian. Uh, (laughs) Damn it. Uh, This would have been Federer's third straight Australian Open win if he had done it, but he didn't do it. He's not the one retiring, right? Uh, No, that's Andy Murray. Okay, cool. Look at you picking it up. I'm learning. Uh, All right. We got True Gritty Chapter 11. it's been a minute last time we saw our intrepid hero he and uh gritty and fanny had followed mark andre fleury into the locker room of the vegas golden knights and were trapped in there and fleury had just yells what are these aliens except that sounded german and he's french canadian yep gritty and fanny stood with their backs against the door of the locker room eyes wide because their eyes are always wide that glues on and permanently open Marc-Andre Fleury stared back at them. Fleury was alone. He'd gotten there to dispel any rumors that French Canadians were always late. Is that a thing? I don't know. I just made that up. No one had heard him yell for help. We're... we're not aliens! Gritty managed to choke out between breaths. His heart was going a million beats per minute inside his fuzzy orange body. Fanny was so nervous that his nose honked and the light in his stomach blinked involuntarily. Fleury jumped back, alarmed at the light show coming from the green monster in front of him. What are you then? Fleury asked. Gritty extended his hand in a show of friendship. We're... we're monsters, I guess, he said. Fanny honked again. Fleury looked at Gritty's hand with skepticism. But we won't hurt you. We're very peaceful monsters, Gritty added. We just need you to show us how to get out of here. Oh my god, he sounds exactly like Pat Mahomes. He does. Oof. It must have been something about the scared look on Gritty and Fanny's faces that made Fleury realize they had indeed come in peace. He felt sympathy for the monsters, who were clearly going through some stuff, and took Gritty's hand. It squeaked. Come on, no one is on the ice. You can get out of that way, he said. (laughs) Fleury led Gritty and Fanny onto the rink. Gritty stepped onto the ice and immediately felt a sense of calm come over him. His whole life, he'd been walking on sharp blades and had no idea why. All of a sudden, everything clicked. He was the, he was the picture of Grace as he twirled around the rink and came back to Flurry and Fanny in a perfect hockey stop. They stared at him. They realized they were witnessing something special. Gritty, Fanny said. I, I think this is where you belong. As soon as he spoke, a spotlight flashed down and shone directly onto Gritty's face. Stop right there, a voice boomed from the announcer box. Oh, another cliffhanger. Yeah, you want to know who it is? Damn, oh my god, I can't can't wait for next week. It's going to be awesome. Hey guys, we're here to talk to you today about Robin Hood. 
I love Sounds Robin like Hood. Sounds like a really good movie that well, I want to watch. My favorite movie is the Disney Robin Hood. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, you learn something new every day. Uh, Robin Hood is not a movie. It's an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. It's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. And it's simple and intuitive. Yeah, and what I love about this is that there's no cost, no commission fees, uh, and other brokerages might charge you up to like $10 for every trade. That's like an entire Chipotle burrito bowl. Yeah, or like two Starbucks matchas. Mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Robin, it doesn't do that. Um, so you can just keep all of your profits, which I'm into. It's an easy to use design and uh, you kind of learn how to invest as you build your portfolio because I'm not exactly a finance expert. It's like investing for dummies, I guess. Yeah, except it's an app and it rules. Everything's an app these days. That's true. I'm sure there's like a dummies for dummies app. <laughs> <laughs> we should look into that. Maybe. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so basically what you guys should do. Uh, Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at valuable.robinhood.com. That's valuable.robinhood.com for your free stock from Robinhood. Yeah, which is pretty sweet. And it's valuable, just Mm -hmm. like our podcast. That's super true. (laughs) All right, guys, go use this app. It rules. Uh, We're financially savvy now, Mm -hmm. and you will be too. Super savvy. Sweet. Ask a youth this week should kind of be asking old. I was going to say the same thing. I saw I saw this and I was like, mm, maybe right. I should ask you about it. Okay, ask me something. What is the 10-year challenge? Well, Jess, glad you had The 10-year challenge is this thing that's been going around based on Facebook, I guess, where people are posting pictures of themselves from like 2009 versus 2019 or 2008 versus 2018. Okay. But it's kind of for old people like me because like I had Facebook when I was in college and that was a thing that people were okay. and I guess some of high school but I feel like people your age are sort of like why would you post a picture of yourself in 2008 yeah do you know what I mean well I didn't actually I you're the only person I know who's done this who's done other this? than like my aunts and uncles yep okay well um that's no pretty on friends no it the- to my aunts and uncles not Charlotte <laughs> Um, yeah, if I posted a picture of myself from 2008, it would be before I had braces. Oh, my God. Um, I'd have, like, a snaggle tooth. I'd have some pretty nasty hair. Can I, can you do it? Can you do the challenge? Can yeah. you do a private people, one for me? Yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> I mean, people, people probably wouldn't recognize me. <laughs> I, ch- my, my appearance changed drastically from eighth grade until, um, like, the end of high school. Yeah. Like, drastically. That'll happen. Braces helped. Yeah, like, I ha- I had some. You had some teeth stuff we've, going on. We've we've teased a little bit of my my teeth horrors um, before yeah. in our burst oral care uh, ads, yeah. but they look great now for what <sighs> it's worth. You. You're welcome. I, you yeah, can no. thank my orthodontist. Really good teeth. Yeah. Uh, mine, Allen. mine. I just posted to be like literally nothing has changed. Like every picture I had from 2008, I had the same version of the one from like 2018 or 2019. So like I've read a few things online that were about people th- saying that this is like all part of Facebook's, uh, Facebook slash Instagram's like attempt to create facial recognition software that will. Uh, like compute people's aging and be able to you know tell what people will look like in 10 years that kind of thing yeah Uh, basically to develop some software based on people's pictures um i've read i've read a few of those too i've also read a lot of people saying that that's not true they were like 
are you're kidding yourself if you don't think Facebook's already done this. Like all they have That's to do is thing. go through your Facebook why, pictures. Why would you have to post a like a slideshow on right. Instagram for Facebook to know what you look like, like once and what you look like ten years later? They're so scheming. They can already do that. They do that all the time. My favorite one was a local news hit I saw from like oh, no. so oh no, it was so good. It was like ten year challenge poses cybersecurity threat. And I was like You put all your personal information on every app you use these yeah. days and we already know Facebook has sold everyone's data. If you're still using Facebook at this point, you know that your shit is out there yeah, on no, the dark that's web. That's on you, man. You still, like, it's hilarious. I appreciate, people... I, I like that this is what it took, like, not selling our selling our information to, like, <laughs> Russians. It was like, don't post a picture for Don't yourself. post the 10-year challenge. Oh, uh, I love it. Uh, we have some bonus content for you this week, which we're super psyched about. Our pal, Bill Barnwell of ESPN, who is a football genius... He's here to talk to us about some things that he is an expert in Mm -hmm. that you're going to want to stick around for. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, Bill Barnwell. We have a very special guest. Very special. And a new segment for you guys. We're calling the segment uh, Choose Your MVP. Yes. And we have the one and only Bill Barnwell in studio with us. Hi, Bill. Hi, guys. I, I appreciate that you guys brought me on uh, to talk about something that is not football. Well, I like that it's the weekend after the championship games and we have the Super Bowl matchup and we've brought you in to talk about the Great British Bake Off. Yes. I get to talk plenty about football on my own show, The Bill Barnwell Show. Oh, yeah. Everybody and, should listen. And, and I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm pretty sick of football. So <laughs> the idea to talk about the what is perhaps the literal opposite of football, mm. which is... The Great British Baking Off, a Great British Baking Show slash Great British Bake Off, is a absolute delight and joy. Well, we are so thrilled to have you. The way we're going to do this is, um, spoiler alert: there, there there might be some spoilers. Yes, but Jess, how did we decide? To- we decided that so we're going to go through all of the seasons of Great British Bake Off on. Netflix and give our MVPs of each season, mm-hmm. um, which is not the same thing as the winners. Right. So you might hear who won in a season, but we're going to be talking about a lot of names. So if you haven't seen the show yet, you'll probably be just too confused to remember anything anyways. Um, if you have seen the show, you'll love this. Because yeah, this we are, is we are, for you. We've been waiting to talk with Bill about uh, the Great British Bake Off for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's a coincidence that it happened after one of the biggest football weekends in uh the world american history yeah no, it feels it feels right okay so we're gonna start with um what netflix calls collection one and which wikipedia calls series four <laughs> which was the season with ruby francis oh. wait no you're no right. oh, it wasn't which one was no. that no season one is the baked alaska season yeah with oh zengate Oh, is that Richard and Nancy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, sorry. I'm my collections got messed up in my head. Okay, so we'll, we're starting with um, Ben Gate that season. <laughs> if you know what we're talking about. Um, so this was, I think this was the. First of all, Nancy is my favorite person in the world. So I'm not that. But is that's she your not, MVP. No, that's not the same thing. Let's oh. start. Let's your start, Bill. Let's person, start with your favorite person in the world and MVP are not the same thing. No, and I'll explain why. But Bill, let's start with your. Who was your MVP of this season? Okay. So my MVP of this season is Chetna. Really? Oh, I love Chetna. Wow. Oh, my God. Actually, I remember that. She is so cool. 
She's like the like the chillest person in the tent. She I like Chatna too. Is yeah. like has like a very unique style about her. Yes. Her baking is really interesting. She tries to make things that I would never even occur to me to even try eating, and they're great. They look awesome. What was your favorite bake that? Okay, Chetna there's made? no way I'm gonna remember Chetna's individual bake. <laughs> like I would have put it past you. Straight up, like I, there are like two bakes I have written down that I have remembered, but nothing which like nothing specific. Just like in general, like she would try things that were different from everybody else in the tent. Yeah, um, it's true. I, I have a question. She though. used a lot of cardamom. Mm-hmm. Oh, she did use a lot of cardamom. <laughs> I don't know what cardamom she is, a, a straight, but she used a lot straight, of it. Straight up cardamom beast. I have a question for you. Yes. So when it comes, are you, are you, should we talk about the bin gate now? Yeah, let's just get bin gate yeah. okay. out of the way. Okay, so after bin gate. Can, let me just, for those of you who don't remember bin gate, yes. it was where they had to make a baked Alaska and Diana took Ian's ice cream out of the fridge or his assembled dessert out of the fridge and it melted and he had a complete meltdown and just threw the entire thing away and had nothing to present to the judges mm-hmm. and was sent home. And then the next week, Diana did not return. Yes. Because due she to an illness. had an illness. Well, well, see, that is exactly the topic I was going to ask. All right, let's, let's, let's tackle <clears throat> it. So Wikipedia says the night before episode five, which was the episode after the Bingate episode, mm-hmm. was scheduled to be taped, Diana suffered a head injury. Really? Resulting yeah. in an overnight stay at a hospital oh and a loss of her senses of taste and smell <gasps> that persisted. Stop it. That's the cruelest kind of injury a baker could right. get. Isn't it crazy? So I tweeted about this one. So mm-hmm. I actually, I was watching the show in real time when this happened in like 2014. Oh, really? Yeah. And so we watched the Bingate episode in one of my classes. And then the next week had a follow-up with all the drama and our professor everyone in the class was like what's going on like it was the craziest drama of Mm -hmm. uh the school year and um i tweeted about this once and pbs america responded and i basically tweeted something along the lines of like did diana really get hurt or is this a conspiracy was this a conspiracy theory because everyone wanted her off the show because she ruined ian's bake um and pbs america responded and they were like no like she was sick and like in a very short in uh, you know, left no room for interpretation. Oh yeah, no, they, they were, were not, not pleased. They were not happy with no. my tweet. Um, so like, I didn't realize. I never knew that it was a, a head injury. Yeah. Do, is she okay now? Do we know if she got her? Is there follow up on this? I have no idea. But Jeez. I'm. Do you believe that is actually true? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yes. I do. I At d- the time, though, I was very skeptical. I I do because. I mean, it's interesting, though, to me that they didn't deal with this the way they dealt with some of the other things. Mm Because, for example, I just watched one of the earlier seasons where someone cut his finger really, really badly. Yeah, and they let them come back the next week. Mm -hmm. And they didn't get rid of anyone that week because they didn't think it would be fair. And usually Mm -hmm. they're pretty good about this. So this felt a little bit... I think it was because Ian had such a complete mental collapse and then like couldn't <laughs> control himself they were like oh maybe not have this guy what would you have that. done though would you have just let would you have just served like melted yeah. ice cream yeah. i think i would have too yeah but. i i think straight up i would have been i would have thrown a total temper tantrum and i would have been like no actually diana now your uh ice cream is my ice cream and i would have taken her ice cream <laughs> oh <laughs> and I then you would that. have definitely <laughs> stayed on the show yeah they would have been like wow a machiavellian move we yeah no actually okay that. for okay. a show where people have very level tempers and you know are very mm-hmm mellow and that's kind of like the allure of the show it mm-hmm. was very it was wild to see this all go down I'm it was the lie. most drama it we've ever seen so on right. drama. okay uh yes. jess who's your MVP we have the same one it's season? richard oh yeah yeah 
right it's okay. Richard. we like i we both love his little pencil behind his ear he sketched out everything because he's like a little architect or like a builder or whatever yeah, he has his own contracting business and two daughters and he bakes all these adorable cakes yeah. for his daughters i like that when you're saying he's a little architect that he's like three foot nine <laughs> he no. is a little architect he's, he's little pencil he's just, such a, I'm just a wee architect man. aren't i <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, everyone thinks a construction worker can't bake, but uh, I'm going to prove the stereotypes wrong. I was wondering how long it would take for everyone to start talking in British accents. Apparently, only five minutes. I, I, I practiced last night. I'm not going to lie. No, Richard was a beautiful baker. I love too. Yes. Like just sure. on the quality yes. of the stuff he made. Um, this is a spoiler. So close your ears for like a second. Um, I'm thrilled Nancy won this. Mm-hmm. She is. She would have been my MVP if she hadn't won it, but I feel like she already has an yeah, award, and right. I loved. Richard just as Richard much. Richard was my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But do you guys follow Nancy on Instagram? No, but I know you love her. Yeah. And you do. Her Instagrams are amazing because they're just videos with like songs from the 70s in the oh, background. And she uses, she uses font. She's like, how to clean your deck from mold stains. Like she's gone beyond cooking. She's her own whacked out Martha Stewart. At, well, Martha Stewart's already whacked out. But. <laughs> <laughs> just really more of a British Martha Stewart. British, yeah. British Martha Stewart. Yeah. We'll go with that. Um, okay. I feel really, I think that these are, these are really good MVPs. Um, collection two. What was, uh, clearly I'm all messed up. Was that the one with that Ruby? Was, yeah. There, yeah. there, there was, was Ruby number one. Ruby number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So this was the one where we had, Ruby, Francis, and Kimberly mm-hmm. in the final. And um, what did, what were you, you know, let's just do MVPs. Let's do MVPs. Uh, Jess, who's your MVP? Hot take. Yeah. I don't have one. Really? Wow. I did not really love anyone in this season. Mm. I I refer to Francis as Squirrel Lady. I actually forgot her <laughs> no. name was Francis. Uh. Not because she like looks like a not nothing mean. Like she makes like squirrel cakes. All of her bakes have woodland creatures. Yes, themes. exactly. So I'm like, she's the squirrel lady, and yeah. like she she's very nice. I liked her, but yeah. like I I didn't ha- I wasn't like I didn't have anyone like Richard where I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, yes. I love that. Yes, there yeah. was actually I feel the same way. There wasn't anyone I was super attached right. to. Bill, who is your MVP? Francis kind of felt like. A, a like a sort of like more watered down version of um, Kim Joy. Yes, yes. Oh wow! Like, totally. Uh, like Kim Joy was like the from the most recent. Season, yes, Kim, Kim Joy was like a m- much more intense version yes. of Francis. Uh, my That's MVP. So okay, so I I liked Ruby, but I was also afraid that she was going to like crumble. Yes, like mm-hmm. like yes. like at any given point, like like her body would actually just like dissolve. Right. And she would just be on the floor. Yeah. She if like Paul Hollywood looked at her the wrong way. Yes. Like the baked Alaska, exactly. Yeah. I would say my MVP of the season was Kimberly. Okay, okay, I well, liked. Kimberly. I feel like of the people Why? on the show. Uh, admittedly, I agree with you. Not like the best season of characters by any means, mm-hmm. but I felt like she was the uh, she she was the best baker for a, the vast majority of this season, and was like bubbly and like seemed like she was very like just very competent in a way that yeah. other people on the show were not and so I was shocked that she did not win. She was very level headed too yes. and she's a psychiatrist yes. so I was sort of like oh okay oh, the thing yeah, is though so I tried to look up where she was what she was doing after this Yeah, and she like like links were like oh like she has a food blog and the food blog like doesn't exist anymore oh, and so I, this was like weird dichotomy of like I want this person to be baking full time, mm-hmm. but also like she's a psychologist. Like she has a whole career that's probably better than baking. Yeah, and, like it's wrong of me to want to put that on <laughs> her. And be like, no, actually, give up your dreams and just bake. Like, t- take good baking photos. So like when everyone happy. wants Tony Romo to be a head coach, yeah. it's like let him stay in the booth, right? <laughs> we'll exactly. get to that. We already well, got to we that. Already got to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, my I think that's totally legit. My MVP actually for the season controversial was Ruby. 
Okay. Because oh. I, she sort of drove me crazy in the beginning, and then I came to like her. And then as I went down the rabbit hole of Googling all of them after the season, she's this wild feminist who's always taking people to task. And there's something about that that I really wow. enjoyed. Yeah, her her Twitter and her Instagram are definitely worth checking out. And I thought that she um, she made some very pretty things. So She did. I was worried you were going to say Howard. Oh, oh no. Wait. <laughs> Which one was Howard? He was the older one. He was like like the older gentleman who looked like he was like constant like he would wear a raincoat. He was grumpy as place. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. I kind I kind of liked Howard. He I, I he was unique and so I like that Hold about on, him. Hold on, I have to Google him. Howard. But he like he just seemed like he would be like like a, like a <laughs> character in Doctor Who. I love Howard. Howard yeah. was the one who someone used his custard. Yes. And yes. then use and like messed up his. Oh no, I actually he might. I, I, he if, might be if my I MVP. had an MVP from the season, I was going to be Howard, but oh, he no. wasn't in enough episodes for me to like. Yeah, he. Got, I liked Howard. Okay, I saw some of myself in Howard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> I, I, I would like to see Anshar and and Howard oh. interact one day. Oh my gosh, she would. I they think would, they would either butt heads bunt cake. or just like really have a good time. <laughs> really good. Um, all right, so series. I don't even know the collection next three. Collection, collection three. three. Thank you. Um, this was the one with Nadia Mm -hmm. and, um, okay, here, I had forgotten going back and looking at this, Tamal hands down my MVP. Oh, really? Yes. Really? I loved him. I thought he was such a, a precious little, I just wanted to be his friend and he was so happy. He was like pretty upbeat. Mm -hmm. I just, I really, I appreciated that. Wow. I, I think Nadia is my favorite character in the history of the show. Really? I love Nadia. Okay, so there is like every season when they get the final episode mm-hmm. and they have like the people's family comes on and talk about how proud they are. Oh my God. Always cry. Same. Oh, yeah. Every single time I'm crying. Well, I when they show the montage after when they're like, so-and-so does this now and like so-and-so and so-and-so hang okay. out. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> yes, because I'm it reduced is ex- to a puddle. It is exactly the same thing as the music at the end of 2Q. Dun, the dun, episode dun. on the show on Animal Planet that has like, where it's, <laughs> oh. where, where it's like the puppies and like they get adopted. It's 100% the same thing. Same motif. I don't know who did it first. That's really funny. But it's exactly the same. Nadia, so with Nadia, the only bake I remember years after the fact when I watched this <laughs> is when she said her wedding day had been one of the worst days of her life because oh. it had been an arranged marriage and she only met her her, her partner once oh, before they got married right. and then she made a wedding cake the wedding cake of her dreams for the final episode I was like if she loses I'm going to murder people <laughs> oh. that's and then true she that was won, so moving and then she won and it was so it great it was so great she's gone on to have quite the career yeah. as a broadcaster have you guys watched the great family yeah I watched cook-off? a few episodes yeah, yeah. it's uh, she, she's just a pretty good host I think she's great She's incredibly talented. She was such a good baker. I'm so happy she won. Yeah. Also, this had my favorite. Like, I think it was like a whole motif about like the first person eliminated on each season. Yeah. This one had the guy who with like the fedora on looked yes. like he was in Imagine Dragons. <laughs> who had the nose ring, right? Yeah, the nose ring. Yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah. He was terrible. He was such like he was like he was like the perfect first elimination on the show. Where yes. I saw him and I'm like, you are not yep. lasting. Yeah. You're gone. You're gone. It was perfect. You're gone. I feel I would be so I would be so torn apart. If I got kicked off in the first episode. Yeah, me too. I don't know how you go on. Like, if you make it to episode, you know, five or six, you're like, wow, like, put up a really good fight. But number one, everyone's like, how's a great British Bake Off? And you're like, oh, yeah, no, I just totally, <laughs> I uh, melted down. Um, Jess, who is your um, MVP? I, lo- I love Nadia, and I agree with, since she won, I'm not picking her as my MVP. Yeah. I have no clue. I loved Paul. Paul. The prison warden. Oh, oh yeah. 
Sorry. Oh, God, I forgot about Paul. I love Paul so much. Did he made you? the bread lion. Yes, did you see him on the Christmas yes. episode? He was did on the Christmas sweater. Special? He had an amazing Christmas sweater on. Mm-hmm. And he Paul was like, was just... I want vindication for what I could do. <laughs> Paul just, him and Paul Hollywood were like two, like cut from the same cloth. Mm. They even have, they have the same name. They have the same hair. Yeah. They have the same like pink skin. Yes. Like I just, I just. Paul's gotten pretty tan now. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, that can't be real. No. He lives in Britain. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, I loved Paul, though. He was just, he was so not your stereotypical baker. And I think yeah. that's why I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Paul. I also thought that he was sort of like wickedly funny. Like, yes. he had, there was mischievous, yes. there was mischief behind those eyes. Right. He's a <laughs> literal prison warden. So God only knows, like, what is. Right. I mean, prison's different in the UK, but still. <laughs> it's still it's still prison. How is prison different in the UK? Well, they believe more in reha- rehabilitation. Yes. In uh, the United States, where we just less have Less of a mass incarceration problem, <laughs> okay. I think. Mean. Um, uh, not to get not to get too heavy. Not to get into the prison system. Yeah, but no, I, f- oh, I forgot that Paul was that season. Yeah. Damn, mm-hmm. he was Loved amazing. Paul. Okay. I, Paul. I might... No, I'm going to stick with Tamal. I really did. I'm, I'm going to stick with Tamal, but this is a tough one. All right, uh, the next... Collection, collection four. Collection yeah. four. Uh, this was probably maybe my favorite season. Really, I, really good season. There are a lot yeah. of good characters of this season, um, including my least favorite character. <gasps> in, who? Val. Oh, I hated Val. Val was oh my god! So really? so incompetent. Val, is and she like, the one who danced while she baked? Yeah, she was the older woman who everyone was like, oh, she was Val, and she was on the Christmas like, special too. Yes. yes, You guys hated her. She sucked. Wow. <laughs> I feel so mean saying this because like. She's just like a nice old lady, but like I really didn't like her as a character on the show. She was wow. incompetent and more competent people kept getting kicked off in front of her. And yeah. on top of that, she would get like indignant when the judges wouldn't like her stuff. She'd be like, oh no, like, oh, you just got got taste it a different way, don't you? I feel like they made her they tried <laughs> so hard to make her like the quirky grandma, and yeah. that really like wasn't her personality. No. And I was like, oh, Yeah, no, you're right. You... She was kind of a dick. Well, she was like, 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 like well, no, but she was just like she was combative. I you guess. Remember, was it Norman in collection one who was like? The I guy loved who, Norman. He, he, oh, he, really? He, I couldn't stand. Yes. He, he kept making like the bakes that were like very like simple, and Low, he was like, "Oh, well, this is just what I do." Right. And then I got kicked off. I feel yeah. like they were kind of similar people in terms of age and in terms of, like of the relative inability they right. had as bakers. But yeah. at least Norman was like, well, like yeah, had more of like a. Well, he had more like, person, Norman, more Norman, yeah, Norman didn't care that he like backed down a little bit. I feel like that's actually wow. Now I'm seeing you guys are making me see these people all in different lights. Mm-hmm. I like, this yeah, is great. I, 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 I like that I'm not the only one who didn't like Val. That I think I think she was beloved in the UK, which makes me like her even less. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, so who's your MVP? Of it's got to be Selassie. Love Selassie. Love Selassie. Top five character on the show. And at first I was like, this guy is just all style and no substance. Oh, but he, he could bake. He can bake. Yeah. And I, I love that like when they got to like the finals, yeah. like everyone like came back and so everyone had like their families there and he just had like six women. <laughs> I was like, yes, yeah, Selassie. No, he was he was like the most charismatic contestant mm. they've ever had. Well, he was we'll so get charming. To Ruby, but, um, he was charming. I will say, runner up was the uh, the guy who looked like um, the singer from Vampire Weekend. Wait, who Which was that? Was Tom. Oh, wait. Tom, was... No, Tom. He did. He does look like Ezra. A little. Koenig. He was the one. Um, here, let me let me show you, Jess. He was the one who looked 
I can't. I, he's so just a, a like British white guy. I don't know yes. how to describe him. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. I remember one. Tom. Like if you told me to draw a British white guy, I would draw Tom. <laughs> yeah, and um, like his name's Tom. Yeah, I think. No offense to people named Tom. My, my, or my boss. Guys. <laughs> yeah, hey man. Um, <laughs> Jess, who's your MVP for this one? My MVP is Selassie. Okay, he he's just like he had a, a, an amazing. He was a great baker. He had mm. an amazing like deep voice. He's kind of hot. I'm just like, I... Oh, yeah, no, I was definitely he's also attracted like, to Selassie. He's also like, I'm also kind of attracted to Selassie. <laughs> and he was, like, he was genuinely just straight up funny. Yes. And, oh. and like, like, yes. like in, in a way where, like, in understated funny, like, like where not like trying to be hilarious but just like yeah. he knew he was funny and like he was gonna get his lines off and every time almost every time he would which hit. i really appreciate because i like that they're i think it's important that the hosts you know whether it's mel and sue or noel and um sandy sandy, sandy. i almost called her stacy um <laughs> i think that it's like their humor is really important because you need someone to get the bakers out of their zone but selassie always brought some humor in mm. a way that other bakers were accidentally funny. Selassie was like, oh, no, no, no. Right. <laughs> um, my yeah. my MVP, it was obviously going to be Selassie, but then I thought about Benjamina. Yep. Oh, and yeah. I loved her so much because she was kind of funny in the same way Selassie was, but I feel like sometimes she could get a little bit more intense. Like sometimes Selassie came off as like, I mean, he was very chill and it never seemed like he didn't care, but mm-hmm. he was often a little bit... Um, he could be like, oh, whatever. And Benjamina, I, I like that there were moments of intensity where she was like really in it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she was my she was my MVP on Did that Did you one. think Candace was the best baker on this season of the show? No, but I think she deserved to win based on how the bakes shook out, which is a weird thing to say. I'm like confused. She nailed it when she needed to nail it. Okay, so like... Like, like there's no way she couldn't... So like... like, like Someone else was the Andy Reid of Great British Bake Off, and Candace was the Patriot. Yes. Ooh. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Like, Benjamina was the Andy Reid of this season. Like, I think Benjamina or Selassie, honestly, should have won. Mm-hmm. I think Benjamina probably should have won, and she I got know, kicked I off. Candace was pretty good. I did like her peacock. That peacock was spectacular. Yeah. I feel like by the end, I kind of, I, I, I respected her as a baker. I also just liked her. I, yeah. I thought she was nice. Yeah. I liked her, too. Her lipstick was always a... Really exciting thing to see what color she was going to wear. Uh, Okay, the next season, Jess, you and I obviously have the same one. This is collection six. Five. 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 Collection five. Uh, This was the season with... Guys, help me out. The winner was Sophie. I don't even remember. Sophie, the army... Sophie, Sophie was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I Sophie a lot. Sophie. No issues with Sophie. Not, yeah, not, not my all. MVP, though. Not my MVP, either. Okay. Who's your MVP, Bill? My MVP is Liam. Yeah. Of course. Liam is the first person on the show where I felt like... They were constantly thinking, oh, is this about to become a meme at all times? <laughs> like, yep. he, he, he was the first meme. He was uh, our first uh, millennial <laughs> contestant. I feel he like he was it. so del- He's my MVP, too. He's delightful. Jess, who's yours? Um, I'm a, I have a tie between Liam and Steven. Oh, I love who Steven? Steven. Wait, st- now I have to he go. Was, st- he had like oh, he was, blonde, was short hair. I think he was a runner up. Yeah. He, he was amazing. Okay, but what about who was the really tall guy? I don't like the know. Really, there's like like a really tall like kind of like <laughs> conventionally handsome guy, Tom. Uh, Tom? There's another Tom. There was a Tom on this season who was like very tall. Oh, Stephen! Oh, with his little list. Yes, I like I like Stephen. Oh, I loved Stephen. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is Tom. Oh yeah. Well, Tom was the, he was the other architect guy, and yeah. I was like, "You're stealing Richard's thunder." <laughs> no. So I'm not gonna yeah. root for you. No, I agree. But it's also, yeah. Wow, there were more people on this show than I remembered. Um, 
Yeah, no, I'm, uh, Liam has a spinoff show now. Or, yeah. he, really? or he he's had gonna be one. A, he's going to be a star. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's like he Liam cooking in his millennial yeah. apartment or something. He's, he's just... He's Jen Yeet. Yeah, he is Jen Yeet. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the next season we have... This is our most recent season. This, this is, is it, guys. This is it. One. This is the... Wow, okay. okay well, wait. How, how did you guys feel about the change? Oh, okay. I... Was at first when Mel you're talking you're talking about Mel and Sue yeah Mel yeah so Mel Mary and Sue even. and Mary Berry all left because the show transferred to Channel Four after being on BBC forever and they felt very loyal to BBC and mm-hmm. initially I was heartbroken I was like I don't know how I can watch this anymore mm-hmm. and then obviously I watched it because I'm addicted and I am obsessed mm-hmm. with Noel and Sandy and I also like Prue I mean mm-hmm. I think Mary Berry is obviously more iconic but I was I thought that the hosts it, it I. I don't want to say it needed a shakeup because that would be blasphemy. But I'm gonna have to leave this room. I love I love Nolan Sandy. I have to echo that. I really like Nolan Sandy. I liked Mel and Sue, obviously. Yeah. But I feel like Nolan Sandy are either funnier or have better yes. like better written skits or like lines or whatever. Like they are bringing the heat. They they're really good. Prue, I'm like I obviously love Mary Berry. Prue is not can't replace Mary Berry, but she's. She's good enough that I'm not missing like another good. Judge. I agree. I feel like they weren't ever going to replace Mary, right. so Prue's it Prue's fine. Here's the thing though. Mel <laughs> Mel and Sue. Yeah. They had to mold this thing themselves. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it, it's like it's like Noel and Sandy, who I don't have any issues with. I think they're fine. Yeah. I think Prue is fine. Like they inherited something that was already made for them. They just had to step yes. into this thing. That was like, I, that's I really agree. True. And I think another thing that I miss from like the older seasons mm-hmm. of Bake Off is when they used to do, Mel and Sue would go to a town yes. and do the like story on where the food originated or whatever, like the historical background mm-hmm. of like, like a little mini a documentary or like a ty- an ingredient yeah. or, right, or a type of pie. And that's a thing that we haven't seen the last two seasons, which is a bummer because I, and I, I think that's audiences don't really want that maybe, mm-hmm. but when it was on BBC, it made a ton of sense because that's that's, that's BBC. Yeah, but I and I miss Mel and Sue were really good at that. The one thing I do thing. miss about Mel and Sue, particularly Mel, is she was really, really good at comforting people. Mm-hmm. Like oh. when they would have a baking yeah, meltdown, she was. You're, she, you're so right. You know, she would go over and be like, "Okay, do you really like this? Isn't the end of the world?" It's and just, Sandy, it's just a pud, right? <laughs> yeah. And Sandy and Noel try to do that, and I think they do a really good job. But there's something about Mel that she was just made for that. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, so Bill, are you you're, you're, are you anti? Not anti. Just uh, just I, I miss what I had. Mm. You're basically saying Mel, Mel is like. The equivalent of like a um, a doggy pet at the airport, like an emotional support a serv- dog, yeah, a service dog. She was, but could Interesting. talk. Interesting. <laughs> could also talk. <laughs> she could talk. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I don't, I don't dislike Prue and and Noah and Sandy. Like, they're fine. Yeah, I, I enjoy them on the show. I just, it, it's just like you know, I, I like what we had. Yeah, and it just hurts that we don't have. Do you it go anymore. back and watch the old ones when you're feeling sad about it? You know, you yeah, know no, Sam totally neither <laughs> do I at all, <laughs> ever. Uh, all right, so the last season, our MVPs. This is really. That's a tough one. This is a really tough one. So this was a season we had Kim Joy, we had Ruby, mm-hmm. we had who are some more notable Raj. characters? Raj, Rahul, Manon. precious baby Manon. Rahul, Rahul, Manon. Wait, no, Raj wasn't this season. No, Rahul, yeah. precious Raj, no, Ra- Rahul. Ra- Raj was not this season. Rahul was this season. No, I know, but there wasn't there Anthony? Uh, there wasn't. There's an Anthony. Is there an Anthony? <laughs> Sorry, I'm Anthony. I, yeah, uh, Tony, uh, Bryony. Oh, I love season. her. I, I love Bry- Bryony. Bryony makes someone I would want to hang out with. Yeah. Yes. Um, there was Luke. 
yeah. the techno DJ. Oh, yeah. Um, we had some good characters in this one. Very solid season. Who is your MVP, Bill? Oh, I think it's got to be Precious Baby Rahul. Aww, really? Rahul. Just like... Who was, like, you were saying someone earlier, like, you just wanted to give them a hug at all times? Yeah. Richard. Yeah. There's... <laughs> so Ansel <Lisa. laughs> like, like, It was like Big that, hug. like, taken to another level. Like, this person who was doing these incredible bakes and was just like, oh, I don't, I don't know why I got the bakes so wrong. I'm sorry. Well, it's funny. There's always, <laughs> every episode, there's always someone who is lacking in confidence, and then they end up being, like, this incredible yeah. baker. Yes. And sometimes that gets a little annoying to me. I'm not going to lie. Like, I felt that way about the first Ruby yeah. and about Rule, where I was like, look, you guys know you're good at this. Like, But Rule did not know. Right. Also, right. well, yes. And also, I'm like, you're on TV. Like, give us something. Right, right, But right. I, I know you can't. And that's, like, the beauty of the show is that they don't force you to be someone you're not. Here's, right. Here's the one thing, though. When they were like they were framing the end of the show in Raul One, if they had brought his parents out, yes, I would have. Oh, if they had brought his parents from yes. India to England, I yes. would have. When I mean, he, I sobbed already. When he won, I would have been in a pool on the floor. <laughs> I know. I I'm almost crying now thinking about it. Like that would have been the perfect. Oh my but his little friends came. Oh, like his like, adopted parents, yeah. Yeah. not adopted they're parents, like, but the they're people like, like we're better for knowing Raul. Oh. I truly, I don't think I've cried that hard. Like I ugly cried at the end of this season. <laughs> I was a, I was a disaster zone alone on my couch. Um, well, I, I will say that I was watching with my girlfriend who was rooting for Rule like very viciously. Yeah, and she literally like like got up off the couch and ran around the room pumping her <laughs> oh, fist. For I can see that. Like, I can see so that. So excited. This season was spoiled for both of us. So oh, no. yeah, someone. D- so I tweeted about how much I love the season, and someone DM'd me being like, "Oh, I love Rule, so glad." And I was like, "Are you? Ooh, are you? Yeah. I I haven't been that angry." Basically, it, that, the guy, Great that guy makeup. DM'd me like a month later or a week later and was like, hey, I'm the guy who ruined Fake Out for Charlotte. Should I send her something? And I was like, no, just apologize. Yeah. Uh, did he have never do that? No, he did, but oh, I didn't okay. open his DM because I you didn't want mad. him to spoil another thing. Yeah. So then I was. <laughs> Guess what? The Patriots are the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, feel like I was a little paranoid. But then he, then he DM'd me. I can't. I, if I haven't responded. I think his name is Dylan. I'll, res- I'll respond. A, I forgive you, Dylan. It's a it's bad fine. name. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know any Dylans who I think are cool. Really? Yeah. I, I know a few I Dylans. I know girl I Dylans, cool. but that's like D-Y-L-A-N. Yeah, that's different. No, I think that's how he spelled it. I could be really? wrong. This could not I be was... his name. Okay. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it is. But, uh... Now I feel back that there's probably one Dylan I've met who like I'm actually... Like, oh, yeah. The Dylan from Bleacher Report is fine. <laughs> all, 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 other, all other Dylans. Hi, Dylan from Bleacher Report. If you're listening, you're fine. <laughs> Uh, Jess, who is your MVP this season? Um, well, I really liked Ruby, obviously, and yeah. she was like super hot and like just like amazing. <laughs> is that why? No, that's not Partly why. Partly for me, yeah. I mean, that is why I like Selassie, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, guys. We don't objectify. That's why. This that's no, why weird. I like Selassie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really like Ruby and Manal. I just oh yeah, and not because yeah. I like really thought Manal was that great at like baking, but I, I could listen to her. French fucking accent all day long. Her face was, she, like, they were two strikingly beautiful people, not in an objectify way, just like they were stunning. And yeah. I would just, like, watch them. And then Ruby's makeup was always perfect. I, I feel like they sent Manon just to, like, tempt Paul Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and Ruby, I think that they hide, they cast these people being the BBC, like, "Hey, Paul, control yourself." The BBC set them in to infiltrate the Channel Four to get Paul Hollywood they'll sacked. Ne- they'll never expect we'll send a French woman. You know that show wouldn't have worked on Channel Four if Paul mm. Hollywood had left too. It would have been true. over. It, Paul oh yeah. was the glue that I don't want to say was the spine. He wasn't not the spine. He was the spine. My my MVP Norman. was Ruby. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I love her. We are the same age, and I follow her on Instagram now, and she's always like... You guys are the same age? Mm-hmm. I thought she'd be way older than you. No? Wow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that. No, but she... Uh, and she's sort of she like travels a lot and goes clubbing and then bakes and like oh, God, she's I love really her. cool. She's, she's so really cool. cool. So she, Ruby, if you're also... out there, I've followed you and I think I've DM'd you a few times. So Wait, her, if you want to be my friend. She here's her boyfriend, Anthony Joshua. Who's Anthony Joshua? Oh no, they're just they met. Oh wait, the boxer. The boxer. No, I guess they just, <laughs> met it, they just met it like a um like some kind like of like a celebrity meet event. and greet. Yeah, wow. and then she was like, oh, I'm I'm probably gonna marry him. Oh, she's so she's such a baller. She's so cool. Um, damn! Wow, really you guys, hot. this was. <laughs> I just went to her Instagram. She's so hot. She's so beautiful. <laughs> Someone, some, a bunch of my guy friends started watching this, watching the Great Bridge Bake Off because they saw yeah that she too. was on it. And she was like, "Okay, damn." Uh, guys, this has been just exactly what <laughs> I needed. This is like Monday therapy. You just <laughs> get to oh, wait, Tuesday therapy. Tuesday. But therapy, whatever. Well, we didn't have work yesterday, so it's like Monday. Yeah. There we go. Um, anytime, Bill, that you want to talk about the Great yeah. British Bake Off. Honestly, maybe we should just call this segment Great British Bake Off with Bill. And <laughs> with like, Bill we'll go, yeah, we'll go through old series. We'll we'll go through the new one. When is the next one coming out? Do we know? Probably next summer. Yeah, next summer. <gasps> it's too long. I know. Mm-hmm. God, it's so good. Uh, also, if any of you contestants listened and want to come on the show, let us know. <laughs> Yes. But you, you, but you do have to call it Great British Bake Off with Bill, even if it's like, you know, Norman on the show. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Norman's definitely not a podcast guy, but if he wants to come on, nonetheless, we'll help him. He's, he might listen to a few NPR podcasts, right. but like BBC podcasts. Yeah. Because they're in Britain. Bill, thank you so much. Uh, we'll thank see you in guys. Atlanta. You will see me in Atlanta. For some actual football. Maybe we could talk some football there if you want. Feels like very, mm, very like promising. <laughs> I, that is, again, like, like I have my absolute fill of talking about football. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk. Maybe we can talk about like Waffle House. Yeah, that's sick. That's okay. so much better of an idea than football. Okay, cool. I'm down. Well, Bill, where can people find you? Yeah. I don't want them to find me. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. You follow Bill on Twitter. It is at. Bill Barnwell, That's which is me. super easy. Yes. There's not even an underscore. No underscores. Um, I got on Twitter in 2009 like a rando. <laughs> um, and then I have, I have a podcast <laughs> called The Bill Barnwell Show. I, I, if you like football, listen to it. If not, don't. No, like, listen just, to if it. If you like football, Bill, you'll sell like yourself, it. man. No, it would just be it, like it's a waste of time if you don't like football. My <laughs> my mom, my mom listens to it, and I find that to be very sweet because she knows nothing about football. Oh, but she, she probably knows a lot because you're a football genius. Yeah. Uh, she called me the other day and she was like, "Bill, what are compensatory picks?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like number one, like how did this come up in your brain? And number two, like why do you care?" Right. <laughs> also, I, still, I don't want to explain right. it. That's just a complicated. I did though. Oh, good for you. But like, why? You're really good at explaining football stuff. You've saved me many a time. That I is. also um, want to say I do. I love your podcast, and I one that is seared into my brain is when the Browns um, fired Sashi <laughs> at Brown, and you were like, you gave an incredible explanation for. Did I? Yeah, you and Mina, you and Mina Kimes. Well, really. So that, that's the thing you forgot to mention is that the other person on that show was Mina Kimes. Who is, <laughs> it takes uh, two, Bill. Oh, takes stop two. It. Sports genius Mina Kimes. <laughs> He's so listen, shy. Listen to Mina's show. No, okay, yeah. <laughs> listen to Mina's Wait, show. Listen to our show. <laughs> yeah, okay. Listen, they're, listen they're, to the show you're currently presumably listening to. Presumably, they're doing that. <laughs> uh, um, but then, yeah, no. Listen to Mina's show. Um, yeah, no. Um, I am really excited to talk about Great British Bake Off. Anytime you guys want to talk about well, thanks, British yeah. TV shows. Okay. And you give me like six months to prep. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, perfect. All right. Thanks, dude. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. All right. 
Guys, thanks so much for listening, per usual. Uh, we're super psyched because next week we will be coming to you from Atlanta. Yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We're going to be in the media area, which, thank God, is not at Mall of America this year. Yeah, whoo. Dodge a bullet on that one. Yeah, um, but we're really excited. We're probably going to maybe have some guests, maybe do some things a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, so, And, like, if you want a firsthand perspective on what actually goes on during Super Bowl week, we got you covered. Yeah, so we'll be recording uh, Tuesday, media nights on Monday. Hopefully we'll have some funny stories from that. Also, check back for the week after that because we are going to have some really cool Talk about bonus content. I yeah, mean, we're going to be awesome. We're going to have a couple great shows coming up. Yep. Um, and follow us along, as always, on Twitter and Instagram. Yep. At Most Feed Podcast on Twitter, at Most Valuable Podcast on Instagram. Um, and if you like the podcast, like and subscribe and share with all your friends because we like doing the podcast and we can't do it unless we get people listening. So yep. keep listening and keep telling your friends about it and subscribing. We have a total blast. You guys rule. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Radio.com or wherever you get your shows. Let's eat this week. Woo!